Welcome to the Evernorth Podcast. Today on the show, we have Chris, whose company, Enlight, will revolutionize the way we learn. I met Chris at the Prairie Capital Summit, which was an event held in Fargo, North Dakota for both entrepreneurs and investors. This event was hosted by Emerging Prairie, which is Fargo-Moorhead's entrepreneurial ecosystem. Now, Chris, if you could provide some background for the listeners that maybe don't know who you are. Um, I'm originally from Africa. Uh, I was born in Tanzania. Uh, My parents are from Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, We moved here in 2010. Actually, like we just celebrated our like eighth year in the United States. So kind of excited about that. Um, But yeah, so after we kind of moved here, I one of the things that I was very excited for was going to school uh, because I used to live in a refugee camp and um, we kind of didn't have school for like, I think at least two years. Um, And I was, you know, like as a kid, you're you kind of get like you're very you want to get out of school. But when they actually take school away from you, you're kind of like miss it. Mm-hmm. somehow it's like a really long summer yeah because like that's where all your friends are and stuff um and when i heard about like you know american schools with like computers because we kind of never had that uh so i was very very kind of i was very excited to like get in this world um but yeah um basically yeah from africa kind of so uh, why'd you move to america um, well, it's, it's kind of a very long story, but like, um, I mean, there's a big civil war going on in my country. And, um, when we, well, my parents ran from the war and I was, um, born in the camps, kind of lived my whole life there. Um, but yeah, so basically we moved to the United States because, um, we, there's kind of no way of going back. Um, because like war is still going on, um, basically safety, there's no safe, there's, it's not safe basically to go back. Um, and basically we had to like kind of seek refuge in Tanzania. Um, and then in Tanzania, uh, America was kind of fortunate enough to like let us into the U S. So was that a hard transition from you to come from like Africa to the U S? Um, yeah, it was, it was, (laughs) It was kind of hard. I mean, like, we spent, what, about, shoot, about 14 years um, in the camps, uh, living with no food sometimes, and it was, I don't know, it was, it was a struggle. Um, and when you move here, you know, you have food, you have all this stuff, you know, like, in Africa, you're kind of fearing for your safety and all that stuff, and you just move here, and it's kind of just safe. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, and one other thing was kind of like the food. Yeah. <laughs> the food is like way, way different. Um, so like uh, first time we actually got to Miami, they they gave us um, chicken, and um, I think it was the nastiest <laughs> chicken I've ever tasted in my life. Okay, I never. Like I put it in my mouth, I was like, "This is just nasty." If this is gonna be American food, like <laughs> that was kind of the first time I started missing Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, but the transition was pretty smooth. Um, just you know, you miss little parts of Africa because that's kind of where you're from. You know, what was like the first thought as you like you got off the plane into America. 
Um, to be honest, uh, it was, I don't know. It was crazy. Like sometimes it kind of feels like a dream. Um, and like the way of putting it really is like you live your whole life to accomplish one thing is, you know, seeking refuge in, a, um, you know, in countries like the United States and you, you're there basically for your whole life. I was born in the camp. So there's kind of like, kind of like the, the whole <laughs> get on off the plane, like, Hey, you're actually here was kind of crazy for us. Um, even, even with my family right now, we still joke about it. We're like, yo, like, what if this is all just kind of like a dream? Like we're not even here. Um, and we're like, yo, yo, like, stop, stop, stop joking about that. But like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, so it was a, it was a great feeling. Um, but I started kind of missing the weather when I, when I got, cause like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was unbelievable for a whole like week, you know, you kind of don't have your head around it. You're like, yo, is this actually kind of real or not? And, you know, sometimes, you know, reality kind of sets in and just like oh my god i'm here and now what mm-hmm. so like how was school like life for you coming to america um my uh my school was uh, i i started in middle school um school was actually kind of fun i'd say um because when uh when i got here uh my um my mom my mom was kind of teaching at the school too um so she kind of helped me through that it. connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but like English was uh, was very very hard for me to learn. Um, I had to find my own ways of learning it. Uh, so I kind of because I had I had a lot of friends um, and but most of my friends were from uh, Somalia, and I don't know Somali, <laughs> so I speak Swahili, and it was kind of it was kind of like weird for me because I sit there and they're all like during lunch they'd be speaking uh, Somali and I'd be like just standing there like uh, kind of <laughs> here left alone dudes like what's up um, <laughs> so I kind of started hanging out with a different crowd um, and one thing that crowd gave me was a way of <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like bullying me but they were like laughing at my accent. Okay. And the way it would work for me was the way I learned English was they would laugh at something I would say. So like one day I would like say Google, but instead of saying Google, I say goggle. And they'd be like, ah, oh, he said goggle. Like, you know, because I mean? that's how you kind of read it in um, in Swahili. Okay. So I was like, OK, how do you even say it? So I just go on YouTube. I'd be like, hey, how do you even say that word? It's like mm. Google. And you're like, Google. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, yeah, you basically just sit there and just like kind of learn to yourself. Um, I kind of started playing sports too. I kind of discovered football mm-hmm. um, in middle school too. That was kind of weird for us though, because um, we went to uh, registration, and the first day of registration, we had um, one of our coach. It was uh, his name was Mr. Woods. I, I still remember that dude. Um, he said, he's like, yo, you guys want to play football? And we're like, yo, football, hell yeah, we're going to play football. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we were so excited. We went and bought, bought us some cleats and, you know, we show up to, like, practice. And he was like, me and my older brother, and we thought, you know, football was football, like soccer, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And um, they brought us to the gym. They're going to give us equipment. <laughs> that was uh, so you're pretty very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it was uh, it was first, you know, they give you the little, those little skin, oh, yeah. skin type <laughs> pants, yeah. football pants. You're just like, what, what is this? Yeah, you're like, yo, yo, like me and my brother look at each other like, yo, Americans are weird. How are they going to play, like, soccer with these little tight pants, right? And then, um, and then like, you know, the, the padding came. We're like, yo, really? They, like, you just need shin guards to play soccer. Why do I need, like, bat, like all this other stuff that I have to stuff in my, like, pants, you know? And, um the whole the whole time we're like sitting there and you know everybody's putting pads into their pants before practice and uh me and my brother were like kind of struggling we're like yo what's what's this whole thing like this is just really weird for us um and i you know i'm putting my you know pads trying to figure out where everything fits you know uh, my knee pad was at my butt pad. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, everything was just like messed up until like people started looking at us and started laughing. We're like, oh, like we don't know what the heck is going on right now. Um, so basically, uh, one person, one of uh, one of the friends uh, that we were we were playing with, he like took out a football. Out. Yeah, no, no, he took out a football. I mean, we, you know, like a ball. We're like, yo, this whole this thing is like weird this is not a soccer ball mm-hmm. so my brother starts trying to like juggle the whole thing he's like nah this is not working right and then people come up to us they're like yo the, you guys think this is soccer like what's soccer <laughs> <laughs> like this is football right <laughs> so yeah that was kind of cool for us uh yeah we had a lot of fun did um, you end up playing football then yeah right? yeah um so me and my brother both we just we just kind of went with it um okay. we we'd go to the library mm-hmm. and we started looking at like shoot like books of football and like watching college football mm-hmm. and like trying to because it was a it was like when, right when school kind of started, so it was like college football was on, um, and we we're just trying to figure out like how football worked, you know. So college football was there, and we just watched that, and then figure out what the rules were, you know. I I don't think I was in the right position when I played because I started as a <laughs> wide receiver, oh, okay, and I was not that fast. <laughs> yeah. um, so. I I mean, one of my coach even called me turtle. Oh, okay. I, but I blocked though, so I was pretty good at that. I blocked for the for the running backs when they were running, but um, so he kept you a wide receiver then. Yeah, yeah, I kept okay. kind of kept my right wide receiver position uh, until eighth grade. And then uh, when I moved to Fargo, I was uh, playing at uh, as a Packer at Cheyenne. I changed to a lineman. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that was kind of school for me. So coming back to your company, what kind of made you want to choose a path of, like, entrepreneurship? Like, when did you find out, like, that's what I want to do type of thing? Um, well, uh, first of all, my uh, my dad was a businessman in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of did that his whole life. And uh, when he moved to Tanzania. That was back in Congo uh, when he ran to the from the war in Tanzania. He was working for the United Nations, uh, so he kind of continued like the whole little business experience there. Um, and I kind of started looking up to him, uh, wanting to be like him. 
uh, why actually one of my first businesses was um, was candy. I was selling candies at movie theaters. Um, and like one of my friends, uh, he lives like my uh, well, my uh, my mom's aunt. Um, well, no, my mom's friend. Used they came to Canada. They went to Canada uh, from the camps, and uh, they sent money. Um, they sent me five dollars. Right, the five dollars was a lot of money in Africa, so I took that money and I went and bought candy. And I would go and start selling them. They're, they're called they're so it's candy and uh, gum. This gum we're called a uh, gum Obama, right? Oh, okay, <laughs> best gum out there. <laughs> uh, and like it was so popular because that was I think it was like 2008 when Obama just passed. Uh, so he was very popular, and um, we. I started selling gum at movie theaters, and how were you able to do that? Because I know like bringing other snacks into movie theaters isn't so that's that's an that. american thing um that's an american thing like a movie theater in america and a movie theater in africa are two different things true and, uh, very true i mean like you guys are watching over projectors we're watching on like what a 13 12 inch tv mm-hmm. um with like speakers and it'd be like 300 people like in just a little room um basically watching um so yeah it it was it was different (laughs) um and then you know everybody was kind of just like outside even like hey here's gum gum buy some gum and I think uh that business was kind of like the first step for me like to becoming an entrepreneur because it gave me the biggest lesson of all I ended up failing (laughs) so my first failure because uh I liked giving uh, free free gum and candy to girls. Oh, okay. So they ran me out of business. <laughs> That's a good way to talk to my Yeah, yeah. Um, they uh, they kind of ran me out of business. So that was so after that, like coming to America, um, I kind of wanted to pursue the same thing. I just I don't know. I had a nick of like being a leader and like kind of being my own, like that kind of entrepreneur mindset, like all throughout high school. Um, And I wanted to start something. um, And it wasn't until uh, Jake Jornstad and his team came to um, our high school. uh, And they were talking there about, you know, like pursuing your dreams and like um, making sure you're um, you're happy with what you're doing later in life, kind of. And that really gave me a lot of motivation and wanted me to like keep going into um, basically like their whole entrepreneurship thing. So is Jake kind of more like a motivational speaker then or? Uh, no, Jake. Uh, well, they, I think they just came to like speak to the students, kind of like how I'd go to like uh, schools and like speak to the students. Uh, okay. But Jake basically owns Myriad Mobile. Uh, they're uh, his like us. Um, I don't know. For now, like right now, Jake's like uh, one of my mentors, um, so I'm pretty close to him. But I would say not really a motivational speaker, but he gave me like a kick in the butt, like, hey, go like he go find your passion. yeah, go find your passion. 
Um, and that's kind of how I was like, yo, this is kind of my calling. And that's kind of when I started, like, well, I had the idea of Enlight at first, but I was kind of, I wasn't shy, but I was like, you know, everybody gets ideas. Um, I have a crazy brain that kind of gives me an idea probably every other day. <laughs> um, but that idea kind of stuck with me the whole time because an idea would come and I'd forget about it. An idea would come, I'd forget about it. Even in Africa, I used to have this little book that I'd write my little, well, not just write, but I'd draw inventions. Um, so that one just stuck with you? Yeah, so it could, that one stuck with me the whole time. And I went in and I talked to uh, my counselor, Mr. Zool, and he's like, yeah, do more research kind of and see like how that's going to go. And that's kind of how I started getting into the, like, the whole entrepreneurship and like trying to figure out market research and stuff. So in light, what what type of company is in light then? Um, we're an ad tech company. Uh, basically, what we do is uh, we're trying to revolutionize uh, education by actually actually individualizing uh, learning for students. Because I feel like a lot of companies like try to say that they individualize learning but they just have the same curriculum and just give it to a bunch of students and change some numbers. Uh, but in light's goal is to um, figure out a way of figuring out the student. And then when we figure out the students, then we start tailoring, tailoring materials to that student. So like, let's say you want to learn about, let's say polynomials um, and you say you want to be a doctor, right? And there's like, Tons of YouTube videos out there of, you know, people explaining in different lenses. So what we do is like we know you're, you know, you're a male, you love you wanna be a doctor. Or yeah, yeah, you're more, yeah. More out about yeah, yourself. and then and then we basically yeah, and then we start pushing materials towards you uh, to like study from and learn from in your own interest because kind of like interest now is like the biggest thing, everybody, if you're not interested in something, you kind of don't care about it, you know? Uh, so that's kind of what we're trying to push because we kind of believe that um, <clears throat> as you go through school, um, you know, you go in kindergarten, they're like, hey, you could be anything you want to be in life, you know? You, you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to be an astronaut, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor. And then, yeah. Uh, and as you like grow up, uh, that starts to change because not only do you, you know, you get into like, uh, you get in kindergarten, you're like, yo, it's kind of like a mile away, right? You get in middle school, you're like, holy moly, I still have high school. So that thing gets, you know, 12 miles away. You're like, yo, you know, you kind of starts losing your interests because that goal that you always had in life of becoming the astronaut. You know, the reality starts setting in. You're like, yo, I got to go through all this stuff to get to this point. Like, what's the point of even doing that? You know what I mean? That's kind of so what we believe is like keeping the kids interests um, where if they want to be astronauts, why not teach them an astronaut? You know, like, well, not really like astronaut, like, but why not teach them in that lens? Of like, hey, you want to be an astronaut? This is how you can use that. Just as something an that maybe school yeah. won't teach them yeah. at that time, yeah. but that yet they can go yeah. to you yeah. and they'll be able to maybe learn. Yeah, about yeah. It. So you'd be so basically like what we're trying to do is like, hey, these students want to get into arts and how how can you take art and math, put it together, 
to explain the concepts that they're learning in school, because if that student wants to be in art school or wants to be in art, they can learn how they can use whatever equations they're using it in math. So because if you've ever been in class and you're like, why am I learning this? I'll never use it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like the way we're trying to take is like, OK, we want to teach in the students interests. Well, not we're not teaching, but we want to get content creators because there's so many out there. Uh, that are creating content for uh, for like teachers and students, but they're everywhere. Yes, yeah, definitely know, a growing so, platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of content out there. Like nobody actually organizes that content, so we want to be the ones to do that. We want to organize that content so we can start filtering in the best content for students that is actually individualized for them. Yeah, it's 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 like very complicated, but <laughs> that's still getting <laughs> yeah. there. So. Yeah, um, and um, but yeah, that's that's it, kind of. When do you plan on launching in late? Um, set dates or right right now we're uh, we're in development stage. Uh, we're still developing. Um, it's I don't know. I can't really give you a date on that. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to do that because uh, like you never know what's gonna happen. But what we're doing right now is like. Um, we've already done our market research and all that stuff done. Um, like now we're just like about to lay code down, um, and, um, building prototypes and going in and doing blind tests with teachers and all that stuff and doing a little more market research to really tone down what features we need first. Um, but yeah, I'll, I really can't give you a date, but I, if I, if I had to give you a ballpark, probably like, I mean, I would say like probably because what, what what our plan is is to get to get the tool first in teachers' hands, teachers and students' hands, so they could do better testing and all that stuff. Um, that we want to do by like fall, okay. and have something tested, um, and then uh, I say launch launch probably next year. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think is probably the biggest problem you've run into while developing? Um. Um, the biggest problem I've ran into is, you know, just raising money. Um, it's probably, you know, probably every more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggest problem. Yeah, it gets it gets expensive real quick. Um, as you starting, you're just like, you know, is it? You know, I started back in high school. I was still a high school student. I didn't know what I was going into. Um, and it just hits you like, holy moly, I need this much money to do this and do this and do this. But the, the cool thing is um, the Fargo-Moorhead area, I, I, I really can't be here even talking without them. They're, this is like a great community that's really helped me like get to where I am. Um, like I, I really can't give one person like all the credit to what I've been able to do. But I would say, like, everybody has kind of contributed to it. So, like, yes, I do run into problems, but every problem has someone in the Fargo-Moorhead area that I could go to and speak to, and we can figure out how to fix that problem. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been a big, big, big advantage for me. Okay. Yeah. I suppose to finish it off, what would be one piece of advice you could give anybody listening? Um... If you're if you're young, um, yo start start business. I like I read a, I read a quote from uh, <laughs> from Elon Musk, and he said starting a business is like chewing glass. 
that's that's like you can't put it like and then in other words like it's it's really like that it sucks but it's a it's good it's like good i don't know if you like it's good you just <laughs> love it so yeah, much that i you love just it like it's it's a passion that i have um so i would say like if anybody you know old young anybody if you have an idea if you have just even a little thing you never even you know thought it would hit off you know what i mean just like pursue it and, you know go to um uh, startup weekend go to startup weekend and pitch your idea tell people about it you know that's those are ways people could go in and start their own businesses um you know and i don't think you need like a crazy entrepreneur mindset to be you know an entrepreneur um you know but because you know like they say you know a company is just a bunch of people with different skills building a product you know you might not be the entrepreneur guy but you have an idea so you go find someone who has that entrepreneur mindset and come together and build something so i would say my uh, my advice is just go and build shit build shit that's my <laughs> motto build shit because i mean we just live in a world that's kind of you know everybody's like on their phones and their phones are just money machines you know what I mean? They don't do anything for you. Don't really yeah, provide yeah, any. Yeah, yeah, Like, there's so many ways of getting distracted out there. You know, like don't don't leave that nine to five. That sucks. Uh, it's something because when you have when you have control of what you're doing, like I do with my company, it's it's the most amazing thing, and I have the best team ever, bro. Like. I couldn't ask for a better team because we all understand each other. We all know each other's goals. And it's just, it's a dance, man, you know, and we're all in sync. So, um, yeah, my advice is find people and build shit. All right, Chris, I appreciate you for finding your passion and pursuing it. I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Uh, anytime. <laughs>